Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome home. We're glad you're here this morning. And we're excited about what God wants to do today. We're glad you're watching online. We are starting a new series today, and I'll be getting into that in just a minute. But just wanted to celebrate last Sunday night, if you're able to come out and be a part of it. We had worship in the park where our Hispanic church and connecting point, and for those of us that are here, and just had a great time just hanging out. Had quite a few show up, and everybody was able to social distance and just worship, and so we'll be planning that again. But it was just nice to see many of you, and hope that hopefully we'll even see more the next time we do this. But uh, just excited about that. We're excited about this. A series called Seasons, Learning to Navigate Them. Let's say that together. Seasons, Learning to Navigate Them. And really this uh, series was planned way before COVID hit. And so it's kind of a timely thing right now in the midst of everything that's going on. And so I had a question for you this morning. It's not related to COVID. It's not necessarily related to school starting back. Um, but just in general, what season are you in? And does God, is God showing you the value of the season that you're in? What season are you in right now? And is God showing you the value of that season? Really, this is a question we're going to ask each week during this series. Do we look for the value that a season brings? Or do we look for the faults that a season brings? And I have to tell you today, pastors may not tell you this, but a lot of times we preach from where we're living what God's trying to show us. And so I just share that with all of us today as we unpack this series. Are you looking for the value that a season brings? Or are you looking for the faults that a season brings? You know, when you think about that and you think about seasons just in general, there's a lot of things that you can see there. In fact, we all go through seasons, and some of us share seasons at the same time, like we're all in summer right now, and we're all in COVID right now. There's seasons like that. And then there's times where we all experience seasons, but we have them at different times. Uh, my dad, you know, had me when in 1977, and I became a parent in 2006, so we both shared that season, but it wasn't at the same time. There's other people that, they're, you know, they go through a loss and someone else goes through a loss just like them, and then other people don't go through that loss. So we go through seasons differently. Sometimes we share those seasons, and sometimes some other people have seasons that we don't have. But the one thing I do know is this. We all can relate to seasons, and they're all temporary when we're going through a season. It's a temporary thing. We think of summer. We think of winter. We think of fall. We think of spring. In fact, there's even seasons physically, right? I remember there's some pros and cons to infancy. You know, the pro is you get to hold them and cuddle them. The negative is the diapers. I mean, I remember the day Whitney's like, okay, we're done buying diapers. You know, everybody's potty trained. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And then she says, well, we got to buy diapers again. And I'm like, oh, we weren't planning on that. And then that was over with, and we actually were done with the season of buying diapers. And then, I, you know, childhood and adolescence and adulthood and old age, we can find the value in each one of those times and each one of those seasons, or we can see the negative. It's what we choose to see. It's the same thing in our relational seasons. Luke just the other day said, Dad, I'm sick of being the youngest. I'm tired of, you know, Luke, Noah gets to do this before me. And then just yesterday or the day before, we went out and the kid caught more fish than everybody else. He tied a couple. He had caught seven bass in, you know, in one day. And so he was excited about that. And I said, Luke, you know, you can celebrate being the youngest. You know, mom might spoil you just a little bit more, right? 
or you can see the negatives about it. The same thing for those of us that are single or, or maybe we're adults and we're single and it's, we're in our 30s or 40s. We can decide, hey, God, what are you showing me during this season? Or we can see the negative. Same with married, being parents, or maybe not being able to have kids. There's a lot of seasons I'm missing here. An empty nester and on and on it goes. Do you see the value or do we see the faults? Do you see the value or do you see just the faults? You know, especially even with our, our, the seasons that, you know, happen environmentally. When you think of winter, do you think of it being cold? Do you think of having to shovel snow? Or do you think of it being beautiful when it snows? Do you think of, you know, all the great things that happen when it snows? And so on and so forth. Do you think of the 108 degree humidity? Or do you think of the fact that you get to be outside? So I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but the reality is, do we look for the value that a season brings? Or do we look for the faults that a season brings? Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he's talking about this very thing. And he writes about how all of us can't avoid seasons. They happen. And here's what he says. For everything there is a season. A time for how many activities, church? Every activity under heaven. And then he just lists all of them. Let's read it together. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry. A time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So my question for you is, what time is it in your life? What time is it in your life? Where does God have you right now? What's the season? What's the temperature? Where do you see things happening in your life? And as a result of that, what does God want to say to you? I think there's three things that we need to remember. We all know these things. These aren't things we don't know, but they're things that we need to be reminded of when it comes to seasons in our life. Here's the first one. Ready? This is going to blow you away. I know you don't know this one. Change is inevitable. It's the truth. True story. There's a, a friend of mine's church who really didn't like this idea of change is inevitable. And I remember going to that church years ago, and they had this wallpaper on the walls of the church. And several, several years later, I went back, you know, maybe 20, however long, and I'm like, there's the same wallpaper on the, on the walls of the church. And the lady's like, no, no, it's not. It's brand new. You would not believe how hard it was to find the same wallpaper we put up in the 60s, you know, on the walls now. That's someone who doesn't understand the idea that change is inevitable, in our lives, change is inevitable. And the fact is, is that as believers and just as people in general, the more that we're unwilling to change, the more that we're unwilling to, to grow and to move and to, to move through those seasons of life, the more miserable and difficult it is to deal with life. 
So one of the things we have to remember in general about seasons is that change is inevitable. Just the other day I was telling Whitney, I don't know how long it's been going on, but Noah will sit there on the front row with me every Sunday, most Sundays. Whit will sit in the back, you know, with the kids and take care of them. And he'll always sit up here with me. And I told her, I said, you know, there'll be a day he's not going to be here. He's going to be doing what he's supposed to do, going and doing something, and he's not going to be there. I can be miserable about that, or I can embrace that, and I can see the value in the fact that God's plan is not for, for the pause button to be on. Does that make sense? Change is inevitable. But despite things in our life, people in our life, transitions that happen in our life, there's one thing that doesn't change, and that's God. God is unshakable no matter the season. Let's read that together. God is unshakable no matter the season. Change is inevitable. Kids grow up. They move away. Pandemics happen. We have winning seasons. We have losing seasons. We have death. We have life. We have births. We have funerals. We have weddings. We have loss. We have grief. We have weeping. We have laughing. Change is inevitable, but God is unshakable no matter the season. I feel like today for somebody, you know, we're just a couple of weeks, two or three weeks away, depending on if you go to Girard or Columbus or Pittsburgh schools. Within just a few weeks, everybody's back in school. I was just talking to somebody the other day. They've been quarantined, and they just came out the other day for the first time, and I could just see the anxiety on their face as they're knowing that they're going to have to change. But can I tell you today, I encourage them, and I encourage us, despite what's going on, God is unshakable. And not, he's not just unshakable in someone else's life. He's not just unshakable by himself, but his spirit living in us can be unshakable. No matter the season, no matter what's going on, no matter the season that you're in. God is unshakable. Another thing that's important for us to remember as we're thinking about seasons, not only is change inevitable, not only is God unshakable, no matter the season, but we also have to remember today that despite the season, we're still called to be obedient, amen? See, obedience to God isn't seasonal, it's for every season. It, 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 it's, he calls us to be that way no matter what's going on. In fact, in Scripture, when we think about the exemptions for being obedient, as you look through Scripture, you can't find any. Jesus didn't say, if you love me, you will obey my commands unless there's a pandemic going on and then every man for himself. <laughs> if you love me, obey my commands unless your ex is really getting on your nerves because they have a tendency to do that. So go ahead and do whatever you want. If you love me, obey my commands, unless you're going through a really bad trial, then however you feel goes. Jesus modeled that obedience wasn't seasonal. They whipped him. They beat him. They cursed him. He had the power to do something about it. And yet he didn't. And I wonder this morning in our lives and where we're at right now, 
if God's not calling us, despite what's going on, to be obedient to what he's calling us to do, to, to embrace that change is inevitable, that God is unshakable. And the fact is, he's calling us to be salt and light regardless of what's going on. And I would even add today that <clears throat> we have an opportunity in the midst of the things that are going on in the world to allow God, people to see the light and love of Christ more than ever before. <clears throat> do you really notice a flashlight in a room full of light? <clears throat> Or do you notice it in the darkness? There's three action steps this morning that I think are important for us as we think about these seasons in our life. First of all, we need to really consider, for those of us who want to do what God wants us to do, finding the value. Say that with me. Finding the value. Find the value in what God wants you to see more than what you find the faults in a season. You guys know people, I'm not saying it's any of us, but we all know people that no matter what's going on, they're negative. They are complaining about something. Well, you know, it's hot out. Well, you know, yeah, I, I got to admit, everything's going well, which means probably something's going to go wrong. They're not trying to find the value, they're trying to find the fault. What would happen if we started to try to find the value in things? Sometimes the value isn't something that necessarily we, you know, we want to get excited about or, or that it's fun. I remember one time with Noah or Grace or somebody coming home from school and I said, hey, what did the coach talk about or the teacher or whatever? And he, he's like, yeah, it was kind of boring. I said, well, but what was he talking about? What was she talking about? Well, A, B, and C. Well, son, the value is not in how they presented it. The value is not in that you, it was your favorite topic to talk about. The value is in what they said that's going to make a difference. Every season in our lives, and I know we know this, but I'm telling you the same thing that I'm trying to tell myself, and God is trying to tell all of us. Every season is not designed to be fun. Every season is not designed to make us have all the feels. But every season is an opportunity to become more and more like Christ. And every season is an opportunity to produce his Christ-likeness in us. Take the painful seasons in our life. We see those as wasted seasons or we can choose to let the painful seasons be a season and not a lifetime. Think about that. We can choose to let the painful seasons be just a season, or, or they can define us. I was talking to someone however long ago, and they were telling me about something that happened to them when they were a kid, and they're in their 60s now. And it's like that season never left because it wasn't a season to them. It defined who they were. What if we started to look at those painful seasons as an opportunity to allow God to not only get us through that season, but draw us closer to him during that season and to be a light to other people in the middle of their season? We recognize sometimes that in a group of, that's in here this size, obviously people at Columbus and those online, that some of you are in a really painful season. Maybe you've suffered a loss of someone you care about or 
you know, I couldn't, can't even begin to describe every scenario that might be going through your mind. But the reality is today that while trials and tribulations happen and there's a time to mourn and there's a time to be sad and there's a time to grieve. And if you're just starting that process, then you're exempt from this because you need to go through that season. But then there's some of us, we have had time to mourn. We've had time to grieve. We've had time to weep. And we are just staying there. And we haven't made it a season or a situation that's happened. We have allowed it to become our life. We have put that pain ahead of God. That's not, I didn't expect to get any amens, but that's the truth this morning. We have to choose to let the painful seasons be just a season and not a lifetime. Another thing I think as we think about seasons and kind of laying the foundation today for the next few weeks is we have to be careful not to compare our season with someone else's season. Do you know the other day there was someone who signed a $503 million contract and bought a Ferrari in the same day? Well, no, he, he bought the Royals and bought a Ferrari in the same day. And just a week earlier, he'd signed a $503 million contract. Patrick Mahomes. If I try to compare my season to his, that's not going to go too well from a worldly perspective, right? But you know, God calls us not to compare ourselves to, and that was an extreme example, but to compare ourselves to other people. He calls us to be the best version of who God wants and created us to be. When we stand before God, we're not going to be accountable for someone else's losses or someone else's positives or someone else's behavior. We stand before God and say, when, when he looks at us and says, here's the seasons that happened in your life. Here's the things that took place in your life. How did you handle that? I think the most important thing, though, is simply this. Don't, or excuse me, God is less concerned about the season and more concerned about how we glorify God during the season. Think about that, church. God is less concerned about the season and more concerned about how we glorify God during the season. God is less concerned about COVID and more concerned how we love each other during COVID. I believe that God cares about who gets elected. I'm not trying to say he doesn't. But God is more concerned from a Christian perspective, not who gets elected, but more how we respond to that. God cares more about how we handle tragedy. God cares more about what we're like when it comes to dealing with other people. God cares more about how we glorify God during than almost anything else. And that's my question to you this morning is, are we remembering that we're called to glorify God during no matter what season it is? Glorify God during. Say that with me. Glorify God. So what's going on right now in your life? Maybe some of you are watching online and you're, you got something heavy going on in your life. How could God get glory through that? Maybe you're here this morning and you're getting ready to go back to school. Or you got a bunch of things happening in your life all at once. How can God receive glory during 
for everything, there's a season, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to cry. How could God be glorified through your tears? A time to laugh. How can God be glorified when you laugh? A time to dance. You know, we think about, we don't, we think of the word party like, hey, let's party. And we think of it as a secular word, but dancing and laughing is a part of party, and that's a biblical thing. But how can God be glorified through our fun and our celebration and our, our partying? How could God be glorified when we scatter and when we gather? When you're searching, it says a time to search and a time to, to quit searching. Maybe you're searching for something. You're searching for a spouse or you're searching for a new job or you're searching for some value in something that happened to you years ago. How can God be glorified in your searching? And maybe God's calling you to quit searching. How can God be glorified when he says that's enough? You've done enough. I think this morning what's difficult is is that we tend to want to glorify God when everything in our life is going as planned. But what if it's not? Listen to what Habakkuk writes. It's interesting because he doesn't just pretend that everything's great. And he doesn't just complain about things either. He kind of splits the difference and says, hey, there's a lot of things going on, but I'm still going to do what God wants me to do. Here's what he says. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines. Let's read it together. Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren. Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Even though, even though, even though I acknowledge these things are happening, I acknowledge these things are happening, I acknowledge these things are happening, even though, yet, let's read it, I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. I will. It's a choice. I choose. I just did a wedding yesterday for a couple. It was a great wedding and just... She's walking down the aisle filled with tears and the way they're looking at each other is they're saying these vows to each other. You know, I'm sure there's some choosing that took place in, in their decision making. But man, in that moment, they didn't have to choose. It was feelings. Like you could tell these feelings between them. But if you've been married very long at all, you and I both know that marriage is not just feelings. It's a choice. It's a decision, and I would contend today for some of you who are online or here, wherever, that as soon as we lose feelings with God, we tend to chuck our relationship with God or set it on the back burner instead of deciding and choosing that during this season where I don't have the feels, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. Habakkuk is saying, even though these things are going on, I choose to rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in the God of my salvation, the sovereign Lord is my what, church? Is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. 
So the most important thing today is simply this. It's kind of a one-point sermon today as we lay the foundation for this, but it's powerful if we'll let it change us. I might not have done a great job delivering this message in your opinion. I don't know. But I can tell you this, the truth that, that, that's up here, if, if we could grab onto this, it would change our life. It would impact us in huge ways. And here it is. God is less concerned about the season and more concerned about how we glorify God during the season. Amen? What do you need to do with that? What time is it? What time is it in your life? Time to be born? What needs to be new in your life? A time to die. What needs to be put to death in your life? A time to gather? And a time to scatter? In all those seasons, how can God receive glory? The words that come out of your mouth... Not just when you're winning 49 to nothing, but when you're losing 49 to nothing. Not just when your kids write a really nice thing about you on Facebook, but even when maybe they don't want to talk to you. Not just when everything's going well, but when you've got to wear a mask and you've got all these restrictions going on. Not just when your savings account is big, but when you have credit card debt. Not just in the big things, but in the little things. What would happen if we would allow our lives to bring glory and honor to God? Not just in a season, but in every season. Let's stand together this morning. Lord Jesus, I don't know what we need to do with that today. For some of us, maybe it's just staying the course. Maybe, maybe we're doing exactly what you need us to do. But for many of us, God, we just need to not only say, yeah, that's a good reminder, but we need to begin to say, Lord, I'm putting this over you. Father, today I just pray your glory and your presence into this place. I just ask God that you would speak to our hearts. Father, I pray today in Jesus' name for someone watching online or someone here, I pray, Lord, that you would give someone a resurrected perspective. pray that we would begin to see things through your eyes and people through your eyes. Pray we would start to see opportunities to be salt and light rather than to complain and just let our flesh win. Father, thank you for each one that's here. Father, as we sing these next couple of songs, those that are at home, Father, pray that we would all simply ask this question, Lord, are you, are you pleased with how I'm handling this season? Father, is there anything in me you'd like to change?